This is Docera Digest Podcast, breaking down health concepts. This podcast is brought to you by Docera Life Center. This innovative clinic is finding new solutions to the evolving challenges mankind faces in the 21st century. By utilizing cutting-edge technology and testing, they find root causes and also offer treatment with energy and nutrition. What is the mission? To dynamically change lives for the better while impacting families for generations. The information shared directly or indirectly in the Docera Digest podcast is not to be understood as or misconstrued as medical advice. This information is not a replacement for your current health provider who is acutely aware of your current health state and course of treatment. Any information shared about a product or service discussed by any host or guest on this podcast is not to be interpreted as a doctor-patient relationship. Hi, this is Dr. Caleb Frank. Welcome back to Docera Digest. This is our fifth and final episode talking about mold. If you haven't listened to any of our previous episodes or just join us on this one, we highly encourage you to go back and watch or listen to the other ones as we discuss many important things such as what mold is, what its role is in nature. We also discussed how mold becomes an issue when it invades our lives and why we think mold has become a serious concern and is likely to continue becoming more prevalent and more serious with the current trajectory of technological advancement, especially regarding EMF or electromagnetic fields. So we also discussed how it affects people physiologically, but also mentally, emotionally, and socially as well. Although we try to keep things lighthearted and fun, there are are some very serious concerns when dealing with mold. Um, As we've said said before, one of our primary goals with this podcast is to provide hope. And I think this is really important because we see that a lot of the patients that come to us or by the time they get to our clinic, they're really hanging on to hope by a thread. They've been through a lot of really rough stuff and they've been struggling and struggling and not finding answers and they've just been kind of giving up hope. And so that is one of the big aspects of why we want to do these podcasts is to provide hope to those of you out there who are suffering and who haven't found the answers yet. Uh, we would definitely be honored to help you in that process or in that journey. I think another important uh, goal is to raise awareness of these issues so that they can be more prevalent in our mindset, be more, um, you know, not third, fourth, fifth on the list of things to consider, but that we can actually look at them earlier on, maybe catch them in an earlier stage and be able to limit the total cost on lives because of that. You know, I talked to, uh, shared a couple of, uh, Articles or talked about a couple uh, people that were infected or affected by some severest cases of mold a few episodes ago. And, you know, one family had to lose their house and lose most of their possessions. And then they all had health effects. And even the youngest kid was uh, had some delayed development and growth. You know, so there are some serious issues on that aspect. And then there was the other uh, person who. Um, He had asthma. He was already susceptible to it. Um, But following Hurricane Ian, he had some severe infections and ended up losing his life because of it. You know, he went in the hospital three times. On the third time, he didn't come out. And one of the big things that struck me on that article was his fiance was saying, you know, if I knew now what or knew then what I know now, I would have definitely done anything I could to get out of the house. I would have slept in a tent or, you know, done whatever it took to keep him alive or to get 
to avoid that serious consequence. <clears throat> so that's another reason why we want to do these is we want to raise awareness and to get you thinking about what might actually be going on and find those answers sooner <clears throat> instead of later. So when we talk about our treatment, uh, when we have patients come into the clinic with mold infections. One of our first, uh, or our, basically our first goal is to figure out where the exposure is happening. How are they encountering mold? Is it a regular thing? Is it a daily thing? Because if we don't eliminate the inflow of mold spores and you know you're constantly getting that um, exposure on a daily basis, it's going to be very hard to actually get better. You know, so if we can't stem the tide of what's coming in, then it's just going to be a, a really an uphill battle, a real struggle, and we're not going to gain a lot of ground very quickly. So the first thing we want to do is address that, try to limit exposure and eliminate it if possible. So next we got to look at how we're going to deal with the toxicity and the infection itself and how we're going to work, help the body support that. There are a few uh, things we use in the office that can provide some generalized care or generalized relief kind of across all of the molds, but none of them really get the job done on their own. As we uh, see in the clinic, most molds or different types of molds are going to have different um, necessary uh, ingredients or different components to treating them, and no one-size-fits-all approach works. I mean, I think even in general medicine, we can kind of see that that doesn't work all that well. But we especially believe that's not true. And we try to cater our uh, treatment specifically to each patient's needs and abilities to, you know, heal. We focus on what they're able to handle at a given point in time. You know, they might have some more issues going on at a deeper level, but we try to focus on what the body can handle, work them towards uh, getting to those deeper issues. Like we've said before, we try to get the body ready to fight. We have to teach it how to get back into that fight. And we see that a lot with uh, patients, you know, we'll get them started and then they have kind of a rough you know, they might do good for a week or two, but then it just gets real rough. And they're like, man, I'm just really struggling through this. So it's like, yeah, yeah, your body's learning how to fight again. And it's engaging in this war. And so that's, it's working on working the stuff out. And there are certain symptoms or certain, you know, side effects to your body fighting back against these as part of your healing process. And so we also try to educate our patients through that process so they understand what's really going on and why some of those effects are a good sign. Now, another thing we've talked about before is binders. Um, in severe cases, we might want to use these on a limited basis to try and work some of that uh, out. But again, we don't want to do this on a long-term basis because the body tends to develop sensitivities to those binders. And then you just kind of have to rotate through different types of binders and it still never quite gets the job completely done. So the more we can support your body and get your body to where it can push that stuff out on its own, um, the more success we usually have with that. Uh, we also have a few um, other therapies that we can do in the office. We've talked about the foot detox bath when we're talking about Lyme disease. Um, that can help pull out some of the toxins and um, even getting into some laser therapy, working on a cellular healing level, um, especially getting into the lungs or in the brain, dealing with the inflammation. 
Um, so there's quite a bit that we do. And again, we always try to structure our treatment to our patient's individual needs. So we, we don't do a one size fits all approach. We focus on what your body or what you specifically need. Anything else you guys want to add to that? That's good. All right. Um, so one of our big focuses for this episode is going to be talking about victories over Lyme. So how have we been or mold sorry <laughs> my brain skipped back a little bit so a little bit of brain fog i mean to need to check some mold support for myself right <laughs> all right uh so we're gonna let kyson go ahead and take it away thank you so victory over mold so i have a, a couple stories here the first one i'll go over is a patient of mine that i'd worked with for years who had all kinds of neuro neurological issues and She'd come in, we'd get better treatment. She'd be feeling better. She'd be doing great, you know, just full of energy, vibrant. She'd get back home and then she'd start going back downhill again. And we've done this several times and working over over the years. And this uh, last time she came in to see me, I guess it was a couple of years ago, and she'd, uh, she did really good. She came with her sister and her sister goes, I don't know what she did to her, but she's up all night long talking. She's so full of energy and she's really annoying. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> and so it was kind of fun seeing the sisters be able to, to hang out like that. And about a month later, I'm talking to her. She's back home. We're doing a Zoom call. And she goes, Doc, she goes, I, I'm back where I was. She goes, I, I don't think this is working. I, I think I might have to look at other options. And as a healthcare provider who you're you're doing everything you can, that's like a knife to the gut. It's like, oh just gutted me when I hear that because I'm trying everything I can. And she goes, I don't know what it is. I said, it's probably something in your environment. Because when you're here, you're fine. And you go back and, and you fall apart. She goes, well, because when we have our call, she's down in the kitchen. I go, well, where else are you exposed to stuff at? So we went to a Zoom call and she was in her bedroom and she did test a mold in there. So it's through her energy testing through Zoom. And I know it sounds crazy, but here's the interesting part of the story is I said, okay, in your bedroom, you're showing mold. In the kitchen, you don't. Let's go look at your ensuite. You have a bathroom. You have water. That's an issue there. Let's go check it. So we checked the shower. We checked under the sinks. We did all these things here. No mold. Didn't really find anything. And so she said, well, let's go check the closet. So she had kind of a galley-style closet with long rods on either side. And you go down there, and all of her clothes were just testing that they're just covered in mold and toxins. And you're going, aha, I've got it figured out. I'm a brilliant doctor. I figured it out. So it's the washing machine to the washing machine. And so we ran downstairs to the washing machine. And because these front loaders, like we said, the seals can build up mold in it. So we were testing that and we found a little bit, but not a lot, which was very strange. And so we, we came up with the mold remedy that was helping her, her and her husband and her kids. They were all struggling with it a little bit. Even the, even their dog was having some troubles if I remember right. And, uh, couple weeks later, she called me. She goes, um, I think we figured out what's going on. I go, well, what is it? And she goes, well, we're doing some foundation work on our house, and it's a patio home. And in the crawl space, they were down there looking at stuff, and they found out that the drain pipe for their uh, garbage disposal on the sink had fallen off, they're thinking, years ago. They're not sure how long. So everything that had gone down through this garbage disposal had accumulated into a giant pile of refuse under their house. And – Mold doing what it does in a dark, wet environment, it started feeding on stuff. And I remember her saying they were surprised when they did it that the refrigerator hadn't fallen through the kitchen floor. It was starting to eat that stuff up. Now, here's where it gets really interesting is, is the only way to get to the crawl space was through a door in her closet behind her clothes. 
which wasn't properly weather sealed, which means that any time the wind blew underneath the house, it would blow right up and push against that door and blow all of those mold toxins all over her clothes. And she's wearing this all day long. She's not only that, but she's spreading it everywhere she goes. And this was a major factor there. So they got that cleaned up. They had to move out for a couple of weeks or a month, I think, to get all that flooring redone, get everything fixed. And after that, all of a sudden, things started getting a lot better. Now, we had a lot of other issues. We had Lyme. We had parasites and other things that we were all working on. But this was a major one that would neurologically was just to the point where she shake or shiver or have all kinds of different weird neurological effects. And that was huge. And so for the last year, we've been getting her in much, much better shape and getting rid of that. I talked to her last week and and we got on. I'm going through trying to figure out what's going on. Okay, is it how are we doing with Lyme? How are we doing with parasites? And her number one issue was mold again. I said, what's going on here? Where did you get exposed to this? Because this is a major issue. So I said, so let's go get your previous mold remedy. And she tested to a gigantic amount of it. I'm like, whoa, there's something wrong here big time. I said, have you been to been to anywhere that has it, church, whatever else? Because this was on Wednesday. Monday, all the symptoms had started up. And so something over the weekend probably hit her hard. And she was I have no idea. So we went through our test kits here, and we have one for indoor molds. None of that tested. Whew. Thank goodness for that. But the outdoor molds, only one thing showed up. It was something called Foma Bate. And I was like, well, I got to go look this one up. I haven't come across this one. And foma bate is a mold that grows in the soil that goes through and breaks down grass and roots and clears all that out. So as I'm reading this to her, she goes, oh, I go, what does oh mean? And she goes, well, we just had a whole uh, load of dirt delivered that we were spreading out through the garden in the back over the weekend. And I'm going, so what you're saying is you had all this airborne stuff getting kicked up as you were spreading around and you got massively hit on with it. So what we had to do, and again, since our approaches are a little bit different for everything, the original mold remedy we had for that we were using that was working great for the indoor molds was very weak against this type of mold. And so she had this massive amount. I mean, just, it it was incredible how much she needed of it. We went through and actually built a remedy based on the foam of of what she needed for that. And it cut her dosage down to one twentieth of what she tested to before to be able to work on that and clear that out. So it's very interesting to go through and be able to do some of this testing, this energy work and everything else, and find these these random strange things like this, even over a Zoom call to be able to figure it out and to recognize that the clothes were a major issue, but we didn't know where it was coming from. So now I ask everybody who I test, do you have any accesses to your crawl spaces anywhere around your clothes? These are things that we have, because we learn from every case. I mean, this is exactly. something that's now forefront of my mind. My I go through, I go, okay, it's not just where water is, where can things go wrong and how else can that influence into the house? And so it was a great learning uh, curve there. But, and again, just seeing the massive difference and change and how things get better when you start addressing some of these things. So even while she'd been seeing me for years and we were dealing with all this stuff, we had no idea that this stuff was accumulating, building up and ex- and, and have this exposure in her life and affecting her. And even going through and seeing how sensitive she was to the stuff in the dirt they were spreading around as they had that delivered. Mm-hmm. You know, here she got uh, messed up again with it. So it's not just in the sick buildings. It's not just in these places. Sometimes it can be the outdoor molds that can get kicked up. You know, we have winds, winds here that pick up when things start to break down. Kansas, we're kind of a, a windy state. And so winds blow all the stuff out of the woods, the trees, it gets everywhere and you can get exposed to all kinds of things. And if you're already sensitive to these things, it can really mess with you quite a bit. So 
Uh, victory over mold, mold is a big is a big thing. I had another patient that was from St. Louis, and I had tested her. Again, we were going through and doing some of the testing there, and I think we tested to 12 different molds she was having an issue with in her house. They lived in their uh, in-law's basement. They had a little apartment they built down there, and it was absolutely wrecking her. I mean, she could hardly get out of bed. She was struggling. And so we found all these things here. We put some remedies together for it. But before that, they had sent out a mold kit to a lab to get tested. And it was absolutely amazing because all 12 of the ones that I found on my test kit showed up in what she was dealing with there and their laboratory test. They had one other. I think there was a 13th mold, but she wasn't showing an issue with that one. 12 was enough, I think. So, <laughs> But, you know, it was it was interesting to see how we go through and start cleaning these things up. But, yeah, mold, mold is a major one. It's very insidious. I, I often... I uh, call it the hidden health assassin because you can have so many other issues that you're dealing with. Your body's fighting off, keeping it in balance, keeping it in check, and then mold comes along, wrecks your immune system, wrecks your emotions, wrecks your ability to function at a high mental capacity, and just makes life a struggle on all levels. So being able to get through and clear out mold is is a big thing. And so figuring out what, what it is, what type of mold it is, where it's coming from, uh, back to what Dr. Cable was talking about earlier, it goes back to the old saying, location, location, location. Where's it at? Where's that in your body? And where do we need to go address it and be able to figure that out? So, And there's all kinds of different ways that we come about it from several different remedies. We have a whole lot of different natural things. There's a lot of things that we found that work well that I'm not sure a lot of other people are really doing. Because I've talked to a lot of the doctors about some of the stuff that we found that works really well. And they're like, we've never even heard of this being an option. And so it's pretty interesting. The other side of it is um, there's a lot of good um, essential oils that we really haven't talked about that, that a lot of people can use mm-hmm. even to put into the air, to breathe in, to kind of help clean the sinuses a little bit there. Topically, putting some of those things on over the liver or over the gut and things like that that are very beneficial. So when we look at the, the mold coming in, we're not just looking at – what pill do we have from a company that puts something together that says mold support on it? No, we're coming at it and we're bringing in a whole lot of different things that we've found that we've gone out and actually discovered to bring into our approach to get the best results for it. And I think that's important. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I have. Ben, you want to share your story now? Yeah. Thanks, Dr. Cash. And a couple of things. I just want to kind of reestablish some boundaries and, or some baseline things. Um, all of us doctors here, I mean, we have many different stories we could talk about with patients or clients we've treated that have had the mold or the mycotoxins uh, being the root cause of their problems. And we've stated most clients or patients go through trying to find out what is wrong with them. They spend a lot of time. They spend a lot of money, a lot of different doctors, a lot of different healthcare professionals. And the truth of the matter is, <laughs> for us, it's really disheartening. Because when we look at what's going on with the patient, as our approach is, is we try to come up and find out what is the real cause that we're looking at, all right? And since we know that mold is one of the most common causes and one of the greatest challenges that we face today, specifically, even though it's been on for years and years, if not generations and decades we've talked about, we know that's more prevalent today, or we're at least understanding it more. And it's kind of hard feeling that doctors just need to be more acutely aware of the potentiation of a mold illness or mold condition. And that's what we treat. That's what we go after. That's what we try to do. So we also know that the mold illness develops into mold sickness and that this chronic inflammatory sickness, it just goes, I guess the right term is just misdiagnosed often, right? And it's not that the doctors don't really know the the dangers of mold. It's just they're simply not looking for it. As Dr. Caleb talked about, you know, it's not you know in the, in the top five things they're looking for. It's probably down in 15 or 20 or even uh, further down issues that they'll even start to consider it. 
And what we do know is that most symptoms that people come in with a mold sickness or mold disease, it's just chalked up to things like allergies or asthma or inflammatory condition, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, chronic fatigue syndrome, or some other form of an autoimmune disease that's just been been triggered. And as we stated in our last episode, symptoms are reported by people spending time in mold environments sound like a recitation of symptoms of many different types of diseases. The biggest problem that we as healthcare providers face is that mold exposure in most people is hard to identify until most other things have been ruled out or more severe symptoms start showing up. And I think that's where we're different. We come in and we go, okay, let's put that in the top five things we're going to look at. As you're hearing all these these episodes we're bringing out, this is what we're seeing that most other doctors are missing, right? And there's another issue I want to kind of bring into this that Dr. Kaiser just alluded to. And most medicines or even some nutritional supplements being taken for an unrelated condition just might interfere with or inhibit the immune system's ability to fight the mold toxin spores. And so we like to make sure we go through and look at everything that, that our patients or clients are taking and just go, is this beneficial to dealing with the actual causation that you have, or is this detrimental to it? And by going through all that process, we can find out exactly what works and what's important. So I had a group, uh, or excuse me, I had a group, yeah, there were family in Upper Michigan. Uh, there were four of them, mother, father, uh, son, and daughter. And they lived in a, what we'll call a generational farm home, right? Which means I think there have been three generations of family had lived in this farm home. And if you think about upper Michigan and all the weather they get, all the snow, they'll get, you know, three and 400 inches of snow in a season. And over all these years, this, this snow had gotten down in and really was just kind of rotting out the house. So this family first came to me that thought they were dealing with just some type of severe sickness or severe immune disorder, as they all had some pretty strange things happening in their lives. The seven-year-old daughter, basically runny nose, a cough, bronchitis, shortness of breath. She developed sensitive delight, and she had unexplained rashes that came and went all over her body. And what was interesting is she had pretty much have had that since birth, or at least when she first came home from the hospital. They started noticing all these things develop. The 10-year-old son had a lot of headaches. Uh, he had stomach and bowel issues with constipation, diarrhea, a pretty severe cough off and on. He developed vision issues that seemed to be progressing. No matter what, they couldn't stop his vision from basically going away. And he seemed to catch everything that came along. The 36-year-old mother, she had an ongoing cough, runny nose. She had almost daily anxiety and some days even severe panic attacks. This progressed to many bouts of depression, memory loss, dizziness. She began to have irrational behaviors. She became confused and disorientated a lot. She would not even recognize her husband or at times not even recognize her kids. And then she could become disorganized and she dealt with severe fatigue all the time. The 39-year-old father had severe fatigue, joint and muscle pains, digestive bowel issues, shortness of breath. He was very moody and angry. We talked about that short fuse. He had a very short fuse. At the time, he even seemed to have bipolar reactions. He just didn't seem like the man that they all knew. And even his parents ended up making that statement as well. So the first thing we did once we kind of went through all this, went through the health, the medical health history, and I thought maybe this is a mold issue because all four of them have a similar issue, but yet it seems to be different on each one of them. So sure enough, we tested for mold and we found multiple different types of mold in their house. And what was interesting is it was all down in, think of not a, a current style basement, but remember the old stone type basements, what you used to call a wine cellar or just a cellar. That's where they kept a lot of their food down there. Right. And that's where they stored a lot of stuff. And so they're constantly going down and getting things, eating their food and all these things are just constantly being exposed. 
So once we found out what the mold was, then we addressed the more common issues of inflammation in, in the immune reaction in their bodies. We had to get them ready to go to war, ready to help eradicate these mycotoxins. I even checked their genomes and identified some different SNPs that were in the genes where they were more susceptible to specifically lung-based issues and even brain-based issues. And that was pretty interesting that we were seeing this mold as having an effect on that. Once we did that, then we helped the body. We gave them some special uh, different supplementations and tinctures to actually help the body eradicate the mycotoxins. And then we came in and supported the body's ability to repair and regenerate so that they could have a more stable body. Now, this took us quite a while, to be honest with you, uh, because the different age categories, the different exposure categories, and the different things we're having to deal with. And uh, I want to say it took us about 18 plus months before we actually got them to a point where they felt normal in a healthy state and they were able to move forward in their life. Kind of the end of that story was eventually they had to move out of that house, even though it was a family generational farm. What they did is they just moved down the road a little bit, built them a new house, and they've never had any of those issues since that time. So those are a lot of things that we have to look at when we start going through and, and identifying exactly what it is that our, our patients, clients have, and then how we take that uniques and help them uh, to fight that and return back to health. And it's well worth it, even though it takes a long time for some of these things to show up. So with that, I'm turning back over to Dr. Luke. Thanks, Dr. Ben. <clears throat> So I want to touch on mold as it relates to different co-infections, such as, again, Lyme and parasites. And the part where this all gets tricky is that there's really no law in the body or within medicine that says you, the patient, can only have one problem at a time that's causing all your symptoms. (laughs) (laughs) And, And that can certainly be the case. And we've seen that where that's true, where one problem does indeed cause is the root cause, but it isn't always true. And so there's layers of complexity that the patient presents with, and it's incumbent upon us to figure out what those are. And and really that's the heart behind these podcasts and what we're doing is we want to bring awareness and I think normalize is a good word. Normalize a lot of the things that people are dealing with, because again, they're, they're kind of the outcasts. They're the ones that no other doctor, no other provider can figure out. And that's just heartbreaking to see. Mm-hmm. So the layers of complexity that we see, we refer to as the big three, and I've already alluded to them. It's Lyme, Lyme disease or Lyme co-infections, parasitic infections, and mold toxicity. And as Dr. Kaisen was talking about in his segment with his patients, as mold can definitely weaken the body's immune system to become more susceptible to things like parasitic infections and Lyme disease and co-infections and vice versa. So many times it's not uncommon for a patient to present with all three or at least a a combination of two out of those three. Right. Right. All that to say, again, it's critical that we as doctors evaluate these three and not only, again, it's great, mold, parasite, Lyme. Okay, but which one? Which subtype of that? Which type of parasite? Which type of Lyme or co-infection? What mold spore are we dealing with? And we definitely don't want either one of these three to go unchecked. So day one, we're really hammering out, you know, who's present. And, and even then, if it doesn't show up on day one, that's not to say it can't show up later, as Dr. Kyson said. It really depends on as we progress through life, if we're getting hit with other things if in our house or outdoors. And so <laughs> it's a moving target. <laughs> It's a shape-shifting moving target. (laughs) (laughs) That makes it interesting for us. It does. Mm -hmm. So once again, as I said in the last episode, it's crucial that you work with a provider 
um, who's competent in these matters, or at least with, with these three, if you suspect that you may be dealing with them. So to close, um, you know, people want to come in to our office on day one and they want to get a label slapped on them so they can say, aha, this is what I have. And the downside of that is that then becomes our identity, which can really make it hard to heal from. And I'm not saying it's wrong to want to know what's wrong with you. I think that's totally natural. I think that's fair. And and we want that too. So we can know the enemy we're dealing with. But we often tell our patients that we don't necessarily care what you have as much as why you have it. And if we can find the underlying cause or causes to your health issues, then we can strengthen your body to go off and fight it and heal from it as it's created to do so. Because at the end of the day, we can't heal a paper cut. (laughs) That's not to undersell ourselves here. We can definitely do things and give you things to help speed things up, but your body's the one that heals because that's how God created it. We, so I, I say it this way, and I'm I'm learning this more as a doctor that in in our country it's very common for doctors to position themselves as the heroes. You go to a doctor's website, they're the hero. They're the knight in shining armor. They got their Superman cape on. I think it's the other way around. I think the patient is the hero and we're merely the guide that gets to help them along their journey. And so we tell people all the time, even as doctors, as we go through things in life, that this is not who you are. This is just something you're going through. And it's important to not lose yourself and the sense of who you are in the face of these things or any issue in life. Um, And, I want to go and we're going to go more in depth. I think Dr. Craig will probably close us out here and and mention this, but I do want to, at least since I have been talking about mold, Lyme and parasites that this next series, we're going to be taking a deep dive into parasites and you definitely don't want to miss that one. So with that said, uh, I'll go ahead and turn it over to Dr. Craig. Thanks, Dr. Luke. Well, I hope my story is not anticlimactic. You know, most of the time we're dealing with patients that are dealing with these complex, long-term debilitating chronic illnesses. Sometimes it's just a little bit of an annoyance or an irritation. And that's kind of what my connection to mold is. Probably about six months ago, I started having pain in my right upper quadrant in the area of my liver. And it seemed like it was irritated by food. Primarily, usually after I ate, I would just get this really uncomfortable sensation. And so I tried some digestive enzymes and some ox bile and some different types of things, which would alleviate the symptoms. It just didn't make the problem go away. And so I think, you know, being the wise doctor I am, I probably didn't wait more than a couple of months to have somebody (laughs) test me in the office. I think it was you, Dr. Kyson, that tested me and said, well, you got mold. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah. And uh, you recommended a specific supplement, which is interesting in this case. This supplement made a huge difference. It was for some specific mycotoxin stuff. And so I started taking it. And I think within about a month or two, the problem seemed to be resolved. And so, and I wouldn't necessarily consider myself a mold rage person, though my wife might argue that sometimes. (laughs) So let me back you up here a second here. So when I pulled the bottle out, how many did I tell you to take that first time? What would you tell me, 15? 
I think it was 20. And you're like, how do you know? That can't be right. Right. And we did. We went through and tested it out. 19 right. didn't fix it, but 20 right. did. Right. I think that was a big gr- growing point for, for both of us learning that, hey, sure. sometimes you do need a massive amount. But it wasn't for a long period of time. We had to do that for a short period of time and then get you back to, um, to it to a normalized dose. But yeah. And we won't talk about the fact that I didn't fully take 20 the first night because, you know, <laughs> me being so smart. <laughs> That wouldn't extend the time frame at all. So <laughs> this is a common problem with doctors as patients. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we make the worst ones. Exactly. So here's what was interesting. So after it had had subsided, I'm like, okay. And I, I you know, in, in our testing method, I wasn't really testing to it. And I was fine for probably three months. And then the last month, uh, you know, I'm like, something's creeping back here. And this is what I found interesting this time is, I seem to be able to isolate it more to when I had grains that, and it's typically more bread than anything. And I'm like, Hmm, I wonder if there's just some subtle mycotoxins that are on these grains that I'm getting exposed to that's irritating my liver. And now I'm having a problem again. And so I started taking the supplement again and sure enough, problems resolving. One of the things I didn't mention that I thought was interesting because again, I said, you know, this isn't one of those huge, you know, complex issues. But what I was noticing before we, I started taking this is not only was it affecting my liver, but it was starting to migrate over into my the area of my pancreas. And I'm like going, this ain't good. I don't like this. And it was making life annoying and irritating. And uh, it, it started to affect even my dietary habits as well. So to me, what my story shows is that there are so many different ways that mold uh, and mold toxicity can manifest in your body. And they can also present or persist asymptomatically for months and mm-hmm. years at a time. So uh, <clears throat> it can be a little issue. It can be a big issue. And, and that's, I think, one of the things I want to get out there too is we talk about some very complex issues, but even your little annoyances and irritations don't wait because, you know, mm-hmm. what if I hadn't have gotten it treated and it continued to migrate into my pancreas and then what's next, my digestive tract, and then what's next? And so, and I think that's part of the problem is, you know, the body adapts and adapts and adapts and adapts and adapts and we become these complex layers of issues that if you can deal with them while they're small, it's a whole lot easier to fix than if we wait till they're complex. So. Dr. Craig, let me add something to that because one of the things we like to do within the clinic is we like to simply ask a simple question. Here's the way I like to describe it is, why is the body choosing to present the way it is today? Right. It could have been different yesterday, be different tomorrow. But today, with all of its adaptability, everything it's dealing with, with all of the wars that are within it or fights that are within it or inflammatory issues or pain mechanisms that are in it, why does it choose to present this way today? Right. And if we learn to ask those questions and start listening to the body, it'll give us those answers. And I think that's what's unique to what we do in this a context of the mold, the limes, or parasites, right. whatever it is. It's because sometimes you're going after the major cause, 
but you're going after additionally the adaptive cause right. of the body as well because the body's trying to adapt but it has a weakness or an inability mm-hmm. to adapt that away and if you can support that then you could speed up that process so and oh by the way you're not the only one guilty of not taking all the things you're supposed to <laughs> the way you're supposed to <laughs> oh i know i've recommended stuff for you personally <laughs> yes, I, yes i know yes i know well one thing well, what's he know yeah, 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 yeah. one of the things i didn't mention i i, I mentioned the mold rage but I, one of the things i did notice is i I think as I made progress, some of that irritation and frustration mindset seemed to reduce a little bit. And one of the things that I tie into, I believe ultimately we manifest a mindset. And I think sometimes specifically in my case, I think it hit my weak spot, which was even more mental, emotional based as it was, you know, it, it created the environment for this to take hold. And so, yeah, it's, it's, as we talk about, it's, uh, interesting, fascinating, wonderful journey that we go on. So, gentlemen, any other thoughts for this? Yeah, uh, just to, sorry, Dr. Kyson, I just wanted to, more on a lighthearted note, say, so would you say that as you treated your mold or after you treated your mold issue, you became a fun guy? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, I love it. I love it. Sorry, couldn't resist. <laughs> we need that sound bite. No, you did awesome. <laughs> well, in all seriousness, here's what we do want to say. If you or anyone you know is dealing with any of the stuff we're talking about, don't wait. You know, I, I love what Dr. Luke says. D- don't uh, don't wait till it gets really bad. L- let's deal with it as soon as we can. So. And as he also said, too, we're not the heroes. We just want to guide you. And we believe we can guide you through this complex issue of mold and mold toxicity. And as Dr. Kyson loves to say, help you win the war with mold. There you go. Something else here that I, I just want to touch on here, kind of going back and emphasize what you're talking about here. Again, we have these huge cases that come in that are very complex, these uh, cases that take a whole lot of work here. And, and a lot of people go, well, okay, maybe I'm not in that situation. Maybe I don't need to go give them a call. Maybe it's not you know, what I need to work with. I, I would say probably about 80% of our uh, – 75 80% of our patients are ones that come in that we catch things early mm-hmm. and we go through it. And, and I, and I often joke with them. I said, well, no one ever gets stung by an elephant. Right. It's the little things that'll get you in the long run. So especially if I have a whole swarm after you, you're going to be running. So right. it, it's time to address those things. Call us if you want a free consult to sit there and discuss and see if we can help or what's going on. At least give some direction, some guidance. I always tell my patients, you guys are the owner of the team. I'm just a coach. I work for you. Right. And my goal is to help you get to a championship. You know, the other interesting thing I think in regards to that too is it's funny how as humans, we almost have to get really, really bad before we're motivated to do something about it. And one of the things Dr. Luke and I have talked frequently about is not only do we want to help you not get bad or go from being bad to good, what about if you're not as healthy as you want to be? We address that as well. You know, what about going from good to great and from great to whole? It's not just dealing with these major complex issues, but are you manifesting to your fullest potential the purpose God created you for? That's really ultimately what I'm after is to help people with that because that's what we're really all about anyway. So as you said that, it brought back a story. I think Dr. Bowers was uh, pretty well known for saying it where these two guys are sitting on the porch and the dogs are sitting between them howling and whining. And he's like, what's wrong with your dog? Oh, he's sitting on a nail. Why doesn't he get up? Eh, it doesn't hurt bad enough yet. 
You know, and that's kind of where we get to in life where, yeah, we want to whine and complain about stuff, but are we actually serious about actually fixing it and getting up and moving and, and doing something about it? And until things absolutely fall apart and that, and that pain, that annoyance, the thing you're whining and complaining about is the flashing engine light saying, hey, there's something going on here. It needs to be checked out. And you're like, eh, and you wait till it breaks down the side of the highway. And then that's when, okay, well, I got to get serious about it now. And that's basic human nature. I mean, it, it really is. We're busy. We have things going on. Think about what we've talked about today. Think about these things that may be an issue and be very um, serious about how you address these things because they are important. And if we don't take care of it now, not only is it going to cause you more issues in life, but the cost could be exorbitantly more later on with your health and everything else. So, Yeah, I was listening to a podcast by uh, Dr. Peter Atia. It's one of the most widely listened to podcast called The Drive. It's a medical podcast. It's great. And he had said the number one, one of the number one causes of uh, bankruptcy in this country is due to medical bills. So it's, you think it's, it's, you think it's expensive to do natural medicine and to prevent things even, but just wait till you get the medical bill when it's too late. Next time's going to be parasites. So come back for that one. Cause that one's going to be fascinating, horrific, and all kinds of other emotions that you'll have when you hear some of the things that we're going to talk about and how these things are so widely prevalent that you may not even know and how they could be creating all kinds of horrors in your life. Thank you for listening to the Docera Digest podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find all the episodes and show notes over at doceralifecenter.com. While you're on the website, also be sure to check out the blog where you'll find videos and articles to help you proactively rebalance your health.